Hey, what's going on, everybody? I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. You're listening to Wicked Sources, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike, broadcasting live from Los Angeles. Every week, I bring you news information that could affect you, including alternative products that can bring a little comfort to your life. For our awesome culture and community of smokers, vapors, stoners, and all-around hippies, if you like what you hear and you want to stick around, consider subscribing. Before I begin today's podcast, I want to shout out my sponsor, Anchor.fm. If you've ever wondered about starting a podcast, now is the best time. Anchor.fm allows you to record, add music, transitions, and so much more. They'll even help you distribute your podcast to multiple platforms, all automatically. Anchor.fm. Try it today. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Hopefully, you guys are having a fantastic day. It is Wednesday. And so, today, I came across this piece of article by CNN, and it is something that... um, I don't want to I don't want to say alarming but most certainly a cause of concern. So, for all you vapors out there, this is relevant to you. If you don't vape, then you should probably stop listening at this point because it's not for you. But it is for all of us who do vape and um the uh the FDA just approved a vape product. The issue that I have with this is um it's whose product? So, the FDA said Tuesday it had authorized e-cigarette products for the first time ever, giving permission to R.J. Reynolds to see to sell three of its Views Vape products. Of course, it's R.J. Reynolds. Big Tobacco. It wasn't Big Tobacco that created this community or had, um, I want to say, uh, developed the technologies. It all started ground up from regular people. While today's action permits the tobacco products to be sold in the U.S., it does not mean these products are safe or approved. The FDA said it had denied the company permission to sell 10 flavored products but did not say what they were. The three authorized products are all tobacco flavored. And the FDA said that they were less likely to appeal to children and teens and more likely to be used by smokers to reduce their risk of harm. Today's authorizations are an important step toward ensuring all new tobacco products undergo the FDA's robust scientific pre-market evaluation. So, again, my issue is uh, the fact that it's big tobacco that got the first approval. After all, this entire industry was built ground up And five to seven years into it is when Big Tobacco decided to start uh, buying everybody. One of their first big purchases were a uh, portion of Jewel. And then later on, they started swallowing up everybody else in, in an effort to be able to control the market a little bit better, have participation. Uh, But here we are. I have used the Views products. If you have ever come across them, you would normally find them at 7-Elevens and various gas stations. So it is primarily marketed in the same fashion tobacco has been. They target high-volume places, gas stations, convenience stores, 7-Elevens, Circle Ks, places like that. And 
they're usually contracted to those locations. And um, I have used the device. It's not a bad device. Um, the flavors aren't bad either, the tobacco that they have. Um, primarily, my issue becomes the fact that uh, it's once again a large, big tobacco conglomerate that gets the first approval. And yet, everyone else who had uh, begun in this industry early on from the ground up are still struggling including new brands that came onto the market after the fact, people who want to participate and uh, create a small business and get their products out there. In fact, to be clear about this, nobody's making vape juice in their basement. Virtually all the products that are on market come out of facilities. So FDA-certified facilities across the nation, and they are limited, there aren't many of them. They all make virtually all the brands that are out there. So they're all safe and to a very specific standard that the FDA requires. So manufacturers' data demonstrates its tobacco-flavored products could benefit addicted adult smokers who switch to these products, either completely or with a significant reduction in cigarette consumption by reducing their exposure to harmful chemicals. The Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids, which advocates for the abolition of tobacco products, was not impressed. While it is a positive step that the FDA denied applications for 10-flavored Fuse e-cigarettes, it is concerning that a product that has three times the nicotine concentration as legally permitted in Canada, the UK, and Europe was authorized. Fuse products with this level of nicotine leaves our nation's youth and an undue risk of addiction. And I can say this from experience. Cigarettes are pretty damn addictive, but it's the combination of all the chemicals that are in there. The reason why the salt-based nicotine products uh, in these vapes have to be so high is that it needs to be effective and satisfying for a smoker. Otherwise, the transition is very difficult. So if you were around between 2010 and 2015 and you were interested in these products, you were primarily exposed to vape mods. And if you started using those, you notice that it didn't quite suffice. If you're a pack-a-day smoker or more, not only was this thing bulky, heavy, difficult to maintain, it definitely required a learning curve, uh, but it just didn't satisfy the need of most smokers. So most would eventually still go back. If if the bulkiness and the difficulty of maintaining didn't turn them off within the first week, it was the fact that um, the low nicotine levels or even the medium to high nicotine levels were still unsatisfactory. It just didn't hit the same. It didn't feel the same. And from my own experience over a course of many, many years as I uh, did experiment with mods, of course, I'm a retailer. I test them. I sell them and I determined their effectiveness. Um, it didn't help me. It reduced my smoking, but it didn't stop me from smoking. So these nicotine levels do need to be slightly higher. But, you know, something that's 5% is the entire contents of the pod or the bottle divided by the actual size or capacity of the pod or bottle. So you're not getting 5% every single drag you take. And this is important to mention. Most people, you know, 
if it's their first time coming into vape, if they're making the transition from cigarettes, they hear 5% or 50 milligrams and they say, whoa, isn't that too much? Um, it's important to educate and let people know that there is a different uh, difference between um, 5% per hit, which nothing works like that, and 5% for the entire container. So ultimately, they may have a problem with this, but they don't. I don't think they understand that these are the levels that are actually helping. 3%, 5% are adequate to make a transition. On average, a cigarette is, I think, about 18, 20 milligrams of nicotine if you smoke the whole thing. So some people are smoking a pack a day. A lot of people smoke a pack a day. That's, that's um, pretty common, has been for a long time. We must remain vigilant with this authorization, and we will monitor the marketing of the products, including whether the company fails to comply with any regulatory requirements or if credible evidence emerges of significant use by individuals who do not previously use tobacco product, including youth. We will take action as appropriate, including withdrawing the authorization. I mean, why, you know, why do they have to take such drastic measures? If someone is an adult over 21 and wants to explore nicotine, why can't it be their choice? It's, uh, we, we don't really see this type of reaction to alcohol, which is far deadlier, cause way more um, incidents of car accidents and death, overdose, uh, and naturally uh, pain and suffering in our society. But there's no strict regulation on that. No one's trying to say stop drinking or no one's trying to make it where they're being heavily regulated and, and, and encouraging people to stay away from it. I would say that would be a much more beneficial thing to be doing for all of us across the nation, maybe even the globe. Alcohol is not bad, but at the same time, it's quite awful if you abuse it. And we know a lot of people, you and myself, may know a lot of people who have a problem. And that problem causes other problems when we're talking about alcohol. In terms of nicotine, someone within the right age, as I've mentioned before in previous podcasts, people have come into my place that have never smoked, but they're the right age, they're above the correct age, and I'll at least take the time and explain to them. If they decide, you know what, I respect your insight, information, and your willingness to give me the facts up front, but I'm still going to use this anyways. That is their choice. Why are we trying to basically tell people, if you use this and you've never been a smoker, then there's going to be consequences to those who distribute it? Now, I'm not trying to defend R.J. Reynolds. I'm just trying to say that as a, as a blanket statement across the entire industry, people should be well-informed. We should educate and not regulate said it so many times, it drives me crazy. The FDA is aware that the 2021 National Youth Tobacco Survey found approximately 10% of high school students who currently use e-cigarettes named Views as their usual brand. The agency takes these 
data very seriously and considered risks to youth when reviewing these products. I find that hard to believe, but that would mean then if these are teens in high school using views, that means they were getting them from the most obvious places, convenience stores, liquor stores, 7-Elevens, and gas stations, which are generally very high-volume places, and those guys usually have a lot of pressure on them to reduce the exposure to minors. They're, they, they're very, very seriously um, monitored to make sure they're not making sales to minors. And yet 10, 10% of them use views as their usual brand. The data also suggests that most youth and young adults who use ENDS, electronic nicotine delivery system products, begin with flavors such as fruit, candy, or mint, and not tobacco flavors. And this is their idea that if they keep it just tobacco, then it would attract less young people. Um, I admit the flavors are good, but if you're addicted to nicotine, it's not going to matter at the end of the day. You're going to look for that buzz, that stimulation that you get in your brain naturally. So it's really, it's really hard to say what would happen to a kid, a teenager, who's already been vaping and addicted to nicotine now, whether or not they're going to give a damn if something is flavored or unflavored or tobacco flavored. These data reinforce the FDA's decision to authorize the tobacco-flavored products because these products are less appealing to youth and authorizing these products may be beneficial for adult combusted cigarette users. Maybe so. E-cigarette products have been allowed to remain on the market for years even though none has been given the official green light by the FDA until now. Manufacturers were given until September 9th of last year to submit applications for the agency's authorization to remain on the market. The FDA said in September it needed more time to decide on the applications. It has yet to decide on the biggest players in this market, including Juul. And at the end of the day, it's a very, it's a very difficult decision, but they are crushing this industry. If you're from California, um, over the last two years, what we have seen is from outside inwards, north and from the south, all the way to Los Angeles County, there has been very strict restrictions on these products. So if we're looking at uh, places like Santa Clarita and Valencia, California, some of these uh, areas have been heavily affected with these new laws. And I believe they're mostly local laws. They're not um, statewide laws. But every county and area is deciding for themselves how they want to proceed and of course, there's loopholes. So Valencia and Santa Clarita have, um, you know, uh, order-based solutions. You can't have anything on the shelves, but you can order on their site, and then you can pick it up in store. Um, quite a nice loophole, no? So what, you know, what's the purpose of taking it this far? It makes no sense if you're going to leave loopholes. Um, you know, on one hand, they're trying to reduce and be strict. On the other hand, they don't want to destroy businesses. It seems like local authorities and representatives are conflicted. They don't know what the hell they want to do. But ultimately, every single thing they have done 
over the course of 24 months has crushed this industry to a point where not only is it going to affect the large companies, it's going to affect the small companies, and a lot of people are going to be out of jobs because of these rules. Let's face it, folks. Nicotine is addictive, but so is a lot of other things. It is baffling that we are engaging in this kind of regulation across the country over something like nicotine. Cigarettes, I understand. Um, But ultimately, look at who just got authorization to distribute their pod-based, pre-filled tobacco flavors. A large, big tobacco conglomerate with lots of money to lobby, which I'm almost certain they have been, because why wouldn't they? That's within their legal right to do so. And that begs the question, what will happen to all the small brands? For example, a buddy of mine, Drex Salts and Drex Drips, great line of vape juice. What's going to happen to this guy? Super sweet guy. And he has been able to build this small business, developing his juice, and he goes through a facility, just like everybody else, um, out of a FDA-certified facility to get his stuff manufactured, labeled, and then he can distribute it to whomever wants to retail it. It's going to be sad if some of these people have to go. If At the end of the day, think about it. If all flavors are gone, whether it's in a pod base or in a bottle or whatever, and only tobacco remains, how many players are going to be left in this industry? Chances are just the few. And those are going to be the large companies. I mean, very large. And so this is where I come to the conclusion that uh, we, we are likely to lose virtually every small and medium-sized business, mom-and-pop-owned businesses that had created their brands, who had thrived, the Red's Apple of the world, the Naked 100s of the world, all these guys... What are they going to do? Just make tobacco from now on? How? I mean, how much support and volume are they going to be able to acquire to keep their businesses open? Whereas somebody like R.J. Reynolds or Altria or Philip Morris with unlimited dollars are going to be able to just scoop everything up and have dominant market share, just like they had had in the past with cigarettes. That is why you find their products in very premium locations on the shelf no matter where you go because their marketing was uh, was designed that way. So what do you guys think? I'll leave a poll and um, I'll catch you guys on the next one. Thank you.